Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're in for a, a delightful conversation tonight. The topic is the shaman's mind, Huna wisdom to change your life. And our guest tonight is Jonathan Hammond. We're going to bring Jonathan on in just a bit, but I want to talk about, um, man, this next chapter. What the hell? It's like we're going through the eye of the needle. We're going through the, um, it's uh, when they launch rockets at the Space Center, they have a, they have a part of the launch that's called the maximum cube. And for the rocket, it's the most stressful point of the um, launch. And so when they go into maximum cube, they kind of um, shut everything down and coast through it and then throttle back up. And I feel like we're kind of going through this maximum cube now as humanity. We're getting... We're getting pinched, we're getting pinched, we're getting pinched. We're being told um, directly and indirectly that what we thought our lives would be is totally off the table um, in subtle and not so subtle ways. Uh, When we look at the collective consciousness, it can seem like a a tsunami or some kind of um, chaotic storm. But I suggest there's been the Industrial Revolution, the uh, Technology Revolution, and I think we're into the Human Revolution in the sense of each individual persona, each individual point of presence, point of, of source consciousness is awakening to a, a much deeper truth of what that means to be Source consciousness in a physical body on this pla- on this planet during this paradigm, and so I love I love bringing episodes that reinforce that, that bring clarity to that, to bring a deeper understanding to that, so that we can all show up in a more authentic and and genuine and therefore powerful way and uh tonight's spot on for that i think we should get right to it because um uh we're going to have plenty to cover again the topic tonight is the shaman's mind huna wisdom to change your life and our guest tonight is jonathan hammond jonathan brings the magical spectrum of infinite possibilities, unseen truths, alternative realities, and spiritual support to having a shaman's mind. He shows the reader how to align and transform the mind in order to see the world through the clear lenses of indigenous healers throughout the ages. There is no more practical or effective system to guide us into the mind of the shaman than Huna, 
the esoteric and spiritual philosophy which originated in the heart of the Polynesian of Polynesia and is the foundation of many of the shamanic traditions of Hawaii. Before beginning his work in holistic health and spirituality, Jonathan was a very successful career had a very successful career as an award-winning actor, appeared on Broadway and television. His University of Michigan education in musical theater performance led to postgraduate work with the American Repertory Theater, the Moscow Art Theater Institute for Advanced Theater Training at Harvard. Jonathan now devotes his life to being deeply committed to empowering and healing people through the indigenous earth wisdom, to the modern world as a master teacher and a faculty member for shamanic Reiki worldwide, a traditional Yasui Reiki master. He has had years of training in interspirituality and spiritual counseling at the One Spiritual One Spirit Learning Alliance in New York City and was ordained as an interfaith minister in 2008. He has completed core curriculum through the Foundation for Shamanic Studies and holds certificate certifications in Cherokee bodywork, Huna and Hopo I'm not going to touch that. Um, join me in welcoming Jonathan to the show. Jonathan, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Aloha, Les. It's really wonderful to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really like your your background in that um, the indigenous wisdom, if you will, kind of kind of re-exploring that and then bringing it into a Western dialogue, bringing it into a Western um, mindset so we can perhaps reintegrate the wisdom that um, was perhaps more prominent in our human culture in the past. So first of all, thank you for what you do. your book's about Huna. Why don't we start off with uh, a description so we know what we're talking about. In the topic of tonight's show, The Shaman's Mind, Huna Wisdom to Change Your Life. What is Huna Wisdom? Sure. Uh, so um, I, I, I've studied with shamans, uh, indigenous healers, on, uh, on three different continents uh, over many years. And what I found was that even though they may have different practices, different ways of um, uh, different cultural uh, uh, paradigms and traditions, they all tend to think the same way. They all tend to think uh, um, in a way that that opens them to hidden truths, to working with energy, to the co-creation of reality, to the power of the moment, to um, uh, being, being in alignment with love. Uh, and with the reverence of nature. And so Huna is a, a shamanic philosophy that comes out of Polynesia uh, that, um, that specifically helps us 
bring the ways in which the indigenous healers throughout the ages tend to think into our everyday lives. To piggyback on, on um, what you said at the beginning, Les, uh, you know, this is a very interesting time on the planet, and this is a time of uh, a kind of ascension of consciousness. And this was something that, that indigenous peoples, the, the Hopi tribe in North America, the Quechua people in South America, even, uh, even uh, the scripture uh, from, the, from the Hindu tradition, talk about this time on the planet, this 500-year interval as a time that would be very difficult. The, 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 the uh, Hopi people call it the rainbow prophecy. Uh, the Quechua people talk about the eagle condor prophecy. The, uh, the Hindu people talk about the Kali Yuga. And that this would be a time on the planet that would be marked with tumultuousness, with darkness, with difficulty. But it also talks about that at the same time that these difficulties are happening, millions of, of beings would be incarnating at this time to serve as the light bearers, the, the, uh, the, the, the solution, the, the people who will uh, enter in and help others enter in into this new paradigm and this new solution. And the new solution, the new consciousness, is nothing that's highfalutin or, or, or fancy or, or uh, anything like that. It's just a consciousness that returns us back to right relationship with the earth. And what does that mean? Right relationship with the earth means that we are walking on the earth with reverence, with humility, where we are aware that, there, that, the, that separation is merely an illusion, that we are all part of one interconnected whole, uh, and, that, and, and given the, the, the unitive reality that we are all coming back to own again and claim for ourselves, uh, so many people, and certainly everyone listening to this program, are those light workers, are those light bearers. And, and many people, particularly during the COVID-19, during what you, just what's going on in the country, many people are feeling like I need, I'm called, I'm, I'm needing to be part of, of a bigger solution. I'm needing to help. And, and this time has been prophesied as a difficult time, but that we will get to the other side of it. And that's what's going on right now. So even though it's tumultuous and sometimes scary and difficult, it really is leading to that next to 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 returning to uh, the way the way the indigenous people walked on the earth, and the the uh, the Huna philosophy helps us understand how they thought, so that we can do that better. I like that. Well, the um, the notion of a shaman. So, if I take a step back and just look at that that archetype or whatnot, um, I could maybe recontextualize that to say the al- the alchemist of living, um, where, where there's a fundamental truth, uh, a, perhaps a timeless, authentic relationship with the reality of what is, if you will. And... For a human being, you, me, shamans of the past, for us to raise our consciousness, for us to um, to harmonize with the nature of life, if you will, it, what I'm getting at here is 
um, when we look outside of social media and the mainstream media and we so, see so much upheaval, um, a lot of times our, our, our minds will want to go out and, and perhaps protest or demonstrate or something like that. And it, it seems like the journey within is, is not as um, evident and obvious to people, but when, when we as a human being kind of return to that um, connection with the truth, that deeper connection with um, the nature of life, we're literally, um, we're transforming not only ourselves, but the, but the collective consciousness. And what I, what I like about what we're talking about tonight is um, as you bring the wisdom of the, of the, the shamanic teachings of the past, that's really the thing itself, isn't it? I mean, what you're talking about is perhaps reawakening the inner shaman, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, you know, uh, I think of, you know, shamans are, are healers. And what are they healers of? They're healers of relationships, the relationships that we have between our mind and our body, the relationships between ourselves and others, the relationships between others and others, and the relationships between everyone and the planet. So the shaman, the shaman is seeking to harmonize relationships. And the shaman uses nature as a template to, to guide him in how to, or her in how to do this. So when you look at a, when you think of nature, when you think of a forest and you leave that forest alone to just do its thing, that forest will continue an endless process of growth and creation. That forest will be in a constant expression of yes. And even though that, even though there'll be some infighting among species or there might be a drought or a, or a fire or something like that, the overall direction of nature is always to experience more of itself. And if something wants to experience more of itself, that's celebratory. And underneath that celebration is love. So you could say that the, that, that the underlying impulse of all of nature, of which we are an inextricable part from nature, we are no different than the forest. And that underlying impulse is love. And so to not be in love, to not live in love, is to actually take your is to do something that's actually unnatural. It takes a lot of work, and so so to flow with nature, uh, the same the same nature that that's beating your heart and growing the trees and moving the tides. It's that that same underlying impulse to further growth and creation. That is that that our, that's what shamans emulate, and that's what shamans uh, offer their their clients or the people that they're healing or their communities as something that each of us can claim for ourselves that we are a part of this one great happening fueled by love and and uh and to sit in that and to claim your seat in that and to remove that which takes you away from that flowing uh, a creative source to remove that is to heal and that's what the shaman helps you do Right, I like that. Well, um, you um, love as the vehicle, if you will. Um, Jesus was an ambassador of love, from my perspective. 
and uh, as a as a very very powerful persona that came to Earth, uh, I always like to consider how how do we in a life of service how do we um, heal the collective. Um, bring the collective around. To, how do we influence the collective consciousness of humanity? Like there's some big fulcrum at the equator or something. Like no, it's some it, kind it's of simple. a. Well, it, yeah, it's the, sim- I, I, I would go so far as to say it's simpler than that. You heal the collective by healing yourself, because you are not separate from the collective. So there's, you know, there's well, only, and this is one of the one of the principles of Huna says that there are no limits, which means that separation is an illusion. In uh, in other words, there's only one great happening, and we are each an individual aperture through which that one great happening experiences itself. Another way to think of it is that we are individual waves on the ocean, but we can't separate ourselves from the ocean. And so to have an influence on the collective is only to heal yourself without ever leaving your home. Now, hopefully you'll, you'll have more reach than that. But uh, my, my Hawaiian teacher would say, if, if, you want, if, you, if you want to heal someone, think of them and do what you, do, you need to do for you to feel good. So whatever, what, whatever um, self-investment that we make in ourselves, whatever um, uh, uh, issue or problem or low self-esteem or whatever it is that we address and heal in ourselves, that has a reverberational effect on the collective. And so the best thing that you can do, and, and the, the word that you couldn't pronounce when you were introducing me, ho'oponopono, is a, a Hawaiian practice that is specifically about healing yourself, knowing that in healing yourself that is an altruistic act that, that benefits all beings. Well, that's the point. That's exactly the point I was uh, showcasing. Is that for you, for me, the listener, for us to embody that that love or to embellish it, that unconditional love, is the highest form of service. By working on ourselves, by learning to live in in that um, that inner well of love is the best fulcrum point as far as affecting the collective. It's not like we're trying to start a revolution by bringing other people's uh, intentions around to our intentions. To help the outside, it's an inside job, so to speak. That's right. Uh, there's a there's a Hawaiian uh, instruction for living. I won't give you the Hawaiian because I don't remember it anyway. But the English translation is to love yourself as you love God, and that's the instruction right. because the, because because essentially, if we are revering ourselves as an expression of God, which of course we each individually are, and what do we do with God? We revere God, whatever you want to call God, God, Great Spirit, Mother, Jesus, whatever whatever that is for you. To revere yourself in the same way that you revere uh, you revere the divine puts you in into sympathetic vibration, into harmon- uh, harmonic convergence with the divine. And so, in order to align with the big love, uh, we we create a vessel of love within ourselves uh, right. through kindness, through empathy, through compassion, through forgiveness. 
through, uh, um, through building our self-esteem. And in doing that, we actually align with the divine love. And when body, mind, and spirit come together in that way, when we create a vessel of love within ourselves, we align with the, with the divine love. And, uh, and that's where true power uh, resides. And that's where true influence resi- resides. And, and, and that's how we can have an influence on, uh, on the world because we, we are in alignment with, uh, with, with source. By creating, by creating that alignment with ourselves. Right. Well, um, to delve into the the Huna philosophy, there's there's seven um, points or principles that are involved. Um, why don't we uh, review those and and look at the sure. The, Sure, and fundamental. Sure. So, yeah, the, the seven principles are they're they're really fascinating. They're fascinating ideas, and what's interesting about them is that despite the fact that they come from the heart of Polynesia, you have if, if you're in any way a seeker, you've heard them all before, or you've heard a variation of them all before. But I've never heard them put together in one place in such an elegant way. And it's by following these seven principles that you enter into how the shaman thinks. So the first principle of Huna says, the world is what you think it is. The world is what you think it is. So what that means is not just that your experience of the world will be based on how you think about it, but that the world itself, that reality itself, will create itself based on your very thoughts. So this is saying that we have a co-creative relationship with everything that happens to us and with with uh, creating re- reality further by what goes on between your ears. And so, so this, is, this is saying thoughts create reality, not just our experience of reality, but reality itself. So it, it's, a, it's a pretty deep principle, but it's saying that you have such a creative uh, uh, resource inside you and with your own mind to create the life you want. Very nice. Does that make, well, yeah, it, it, it goes hand in hand with uh, it's done unto you as you believe. I mean, quite literally. So that's right. I like that's it. Right. Keep and, going. And, and, you know, the thing about this principle is, you know, you hear something like this. We co-create our reality. You hear this in spiritual circles. But, and, and it's a nice idea. But if you were to actually adhere to it, if you were to actually own it and integrate it as a truth, that means that you – are in a constant awareness of what it is that you're thinking and believing because what you're thinking and believing is creating your reality. And not only what you're thinking, believing consciously, but if there are unconscious habituated patterns, uh, uh, you know, for instance, uh, an unconscious pattern might be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not very smart. And that's just, and you, you learn that as a child, and that's just there. That's not tended to, that will co-create create your reality too. So the world is what you think it is, both consciously and unconsciously. That's why we have to take care of ourselves because uh, because what we're thinking, uh, um, and even if some of our thinking comes from wounding, creates the world. So the the second well, pr- principle of wounding. Anything you want to say about that, Les? Well, the the family of origin, because when we're born, we don't have a thinker. Um, we we grow our ego in our family of origin. So to look at your 
your family dynamic, if you look at the core beliefs, if you will, of your family, that's what you set yourself up with. And then to to dissolve that, to open up room in your mind, in your imagination, to be able um, for infinite possibilities, which is coming, which is coming up next. Um, yeah. You've got to unravel that and. I can imagine that goes a lot deeper than what we're aware of. Kind of like you and I, I assume, were raised in the Western world. How much of our beliefs and intentions are fabricated by the the, the big culture, the, the the national culture, and how do you undo that to really unravel the power of what's coming up, coming up next? Go ahead to the next point. Sure. And just, just to, to follow up on that, that's right. And, and just to say, you know, we, we are born into societal structures, rules, uh, right. uh, ways of being that, that, that we never chose, we never consciously chose, but we just, we just accept in the same way that we accept the reality of our families and, and based on how we were treated or, or mistreated, we then create an identity based on all that information and, you know, they're called formative years for a reason. And so you're creating a sense <laughs> right. of self, you know, around, you know, they really are. You know, you're creating a sense of self yeah. by zero to ten, it's kind of done. And if those beliefs and, and, and how you think aren't working for you, in, and from this perspective, aren't creating the world you want, then you really do have uh, the choice um, and the responsibility to look at, you know what, I don't need to believe that about myself. Or I don't need to have this thought about uh, about this person or that person or 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 about whatever. That that's up to you uh, to change in order to um, in order to to live more effectively. So it's so important Very that you nice. do that. Yeah. So the second principle is that there are no limits. That it is a limitless universe. So what that means is that is that uh, there is no separation. As I said, we're all part of one great happening. Interconnection is the true nature of reality, and it's also saying that because there are no limits, there are no limits within your own mind, and that and that uh, if that anything is possible if you can figure out how to do it. That's what that principle is saying, uh, and so it's it's so empowering because it's saying that everything that you want, everything that you want, that you want to create is available to you. It's already connected to you. It's just a matter of figuring out how. Well, it, for me, it brings up the hero archetype. So what mm-hmm. the hell is a hero? So you live in the village, and there, here comes a big giant. The giant's going to kick the village's ass. The hero has the ability to transcend the fear of the collective. By the very definition, a hero sees a different outcome than the rank and file of the culture. So in in the second principle, no limits exist. You, me, the listener, can be the hero when we draw from our imagination a much more authentic narrative, a much more authentic storyline for what's possible for our future, and then bring it into expression. So the the first principle is what we believe contextualizes our experience to, as we said, dissolve that and then crack open the imagination and use this no limits exist principle 
you, me, the listener, we can be that vehicle of the new paradigm that's much more authentic um, to our human condition. That's beautiful. That's right. It sounds like you read my book. <laughs> that's great. That's exactly it. Uh, and what that's if I exactly had it? it? That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Great. Uh, yeah. So and, and so the third principle, and by the way, these principles are based on Hawaiian words uh, that have been that have unique translations of, of specific Hawaiian words that come from my teacher Serge Kahili King. I just wanted to say that. So the third principle that the Hawaiian word is makia, and it's translated energy flows where attention goes. So what this means is, so energy flows where attention goes. So where you place your attention and your focus with consistency, whatever you focus on with consistency, elicits the energetic forces, the creative forces of the universe to bring about the nearest physical equivalent of what you focus on with consistency. So it's saying that what you put your focus and attention on elicits the energy that brings about whatever you're putting your focus and attention on. So you can see how empowering this philosophy is because it's saying you create your reality. You, the, the, you, the, that reality is limitless. Create whatever you want. And you are in concert with creative forces of the universe in order to create that reality. So that's the third right. principle. Energy flows where attention goes. Uh, the fourth principle so says you, now. Oh, do you want to say anything about that? Well, sure. Um, if what I put my attention on um, expands, um, if I'm focusing on something I don't want, if I'm going to protest what I don't want, if I'm emotionally um, triggered and I verbalize how bad the world is, I'm putting my attention on the ma- the manifestation of a bad world. It's a very good point. And just to say this too, uh, because, you know, the nature of energy is neutral. It's, it's, either, it's neither good nor bad. And it will follow the intentionality and the thought forms and the beliefs of, 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 of um, what's underneath it. And so you're absolutely right. There are negative applications to these principles as well. And so focusing on, foc- giving consistent focus and attention to that which you don't want is, un, is, you know, eliciting that in. So even, even something like, um, you know, like, you know, if, if there's something about the government that you don't like, and Lord knows there's, <laughs> there's a lot about the government we don't like, it is so much better to focus on, on uh, those who are, who are and, and focus on and, and give uh, uh, attention to those who are trying to change it than to focus on the negativity. Uh, because right. focusing on the negativity creates more of that. My, my uh, right. Hawaiian teacher says, my Hawaiian teacher says, even, even if you can't think of anything good about a certain person, just remember that every time they exhale, they're feeding the plant. So you can at least give them that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All righty. Yeah. Uh, and so the next principle says, uh, but that's, that's very important. So it really is important. And that's why to tend and harvest your thoughts, to really and really look at, you know, if I'm, if I'm engaging in criticism, judgment of myself uh, or others, um, uh, that I'm cre- actually creating more of what I'm criticizing and judging. It's so right. important that we get that. Uh, the next principle says, uh, now is the moment of power. Now, we've all heard about the, you know, the importance of the now and mindfulness and all of that. 
But from a shamanic perspective, what we're looking at is the power in the now. Because now is the only place where we can do anything. So the past is gone, dead and buried. The future is not yet born. But in the now, we can influence what happened in the past, and we can certainly sow the seeds for what's going to happen in the future. And the only place where we can do anything is right now. So the only place where we can access power is right now. And so this principle, is you can breathe a sigh of relief because it means that in every now you can start over. It means that you can look at mistakes you've made in the past or, or uh, shameful actions that you've taken in the past and, and in the now realize that you didn't know what you didn't know. You know, so many of my, my clients in my private practice are so plagued with the idea that they didn't know what they didn't know and they're still, they're still uh, um, pining away at the idea that they should have known something that they didn't know. And in the now, you can actually see those past actions compassionately. And say, you know, I was in that moment, even though it was unskillful what I did, or even though it was a, it was a mistaken thing that I did, I was actually trying to do something. I, I might have been acting from ignorance or from innocence, but I was actually trying to do something in that moment. I was trying to alleviate a pain. I was trying to meet a need. I was trying to get to the other side of some confusion. Even the most unskillful things that we, we've done. Um, if, if you look at it from that perspective, um, you can reframe all of those things. And in doing so, the only, the only uh, appropriate response to things that happened in the past that you've done is just blanket forgiveness because you didn't know what you didn't know. And the only place where you can make those changes is in the now. So it's a, the, the now is a place where um, it's a very fertile place for us. Indeed, to... to to have your full awareness in the present moment. So uh, the the first point was our beliefs um, create our experience. And if we're not conscious of our beliefs, in other words, we're languaging, we're believing, we, we have this mental construct with some momentum to it. And, uh, and when you we first start out on our, quote, spiritual journey, unquote, there's so much of our persona that we're not conscious of. And what I like about now is the moment of power to bring your total awareness in this present moment to recognize what belief are you consciously processing in the moment, what expectations um, to be present in the now is how you're going to it's kind of like sprinkling flour on the kitchen floor to see if you're sleepwalking to be present in the now is to capture um, subconscious habitual thoughts that might not be serving you yeah it's uh, it's so important you know we really are you know we're dragging along the path we're dragging along old versions of ourselves. We're dragging around mistakes we've made. We're dragging around wounding from other people. And, um, and, and, it's, and it's, it's in the present moment that you can, you can say, I, I need to start over. I need to let that go. And, um, and again, one of the, one of the, um, one of the practices in, in the Hawaiian tradition is where, uh, where even with loved ones, we cut. We we do this daily practice where we cut the energetic cords, even between like a mother and a child, because it, with the idea being that that the child needs their own autonomy, 
and the mother needs to be seeing the child clearly today, and the child needs to be seeing the mother clearly today, and even a deep bond like that, we cut those cords and we start over every day. And that, that's, uh, that's uh, one of the other versions of the Ho'oponopono process is about that. It's about a daily renewal, even with loved ones, certainly with difficult relationships as well, but even with loved ones, so that we, co- we come up to date with ourselves and we, uh, and we enter into present time with our relationships. You know, our relationships are, are based on habituated patterns. And uh, unless they are renegotiated and brought to light and looked at, um, those patterns just, just um, uh, they, they become, um, they, they, they start to not work for us. And so to, to be conscious with partnerships, this could be work partnerships, romantic partnerships, friendships, uh, those are all ways in which, in which uh, we're honoring ourselves and the other by saying, this is who I am today, help me be that, and I'll do the same for you. Right. Very nice. Yeah. So the next principle, aloha. So you've all heard that from if you visited Hawaii and probably if you haven't. So uh, uh, aloha uh, means uh, essentially, essentially to love is to be happy with, that love and happiness are, are intertwined, that if happiness is present, love is present, and if love, if love is present, happiness is present. And so the thing to take from this principle is that love's perspective and again if you think like if i want to think like a shaman how do they think they think every choice they make everything that they guide anyone toward any healing that they do uh, uh, any counsel that they give anyone love's perspective needs to be there now love's perspective may look like a confrontation love's perspective may look like i got to put up a boundary but on some level, love is, we consider um, in Huna the only ethic. It's the only rule. It always has to be there. It doesn't mean that you're perpetually nice. Because sometimes, sometimes as I said, love is, is I've I got to leave this relationship or, or, uh, um, uh, or, or something like that. But we're looking, for, we're looking for love's perspective in everything that we do. And, so, um, and, and just to say, in terms of, in terms of the tools of, of, the, uh, of the indigenous healers, love is the tool. Love is the, the tool. And I would even go so far as to say it's not just indigenous healers. Any sort of um, uh, energy healing and, uh, or um, uh, Reiki, and holistic healing, anything like that, love is the thing that actually uh, causes the, the healing to actually take hold. Why? Because love is the nature of the universe that love underlies nature and nature just wants to experience more of itself, which means that it wants to celebrate itself. Why would anything want to celebrate itself? Because love is underneath it. And so to, to work with love is to align with literally the earth. So that's why that is so important. Well, and to heal your own personal relationship with love is, in the Western world, the notion of love has many context, uh, contextual um, frameworks that people relate to, quote, love, unquote. But love with a capital L is um, it's rare for the rank-and-file human on this planet to understand what self-love could or would look like. I, I like the the notion of a... Uh, 
an older sibling that's got your back, or you could say your higher self or your soul. When, um, yeah. Your soul always that's looks right. at you through the context of love, and um, love love is tireless, and love is expansive, and love has no boundary. And so to heal your relationship with love, uh, personally, your, your self-love would be, a, love is so flipping powerful, that to heal your, but it, your own personal that's relationship right. that's, with love. That's right. You know, in our, in our contemporary culture, we, we've learned to really armor up. And right. uh, and love seems a little love seems a little love. Uh, we all seem a little maybe cynical, world weary, uh, 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 doubtful, pessimistic to actually buy into love completely. But right. but the kind of love that you're talking about and that I'm talking about is unconditionality. It is attention in its purest form. Love, in fact, I would even go so far as to say that the purest form of love is full attention. Compassion, empathy, uh, um, uh, uh, sharing, humility—all of those things. Those, 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 the highest qualities of love. That—that's what we're talking about when we're, when we're talking about love. And as much as, um, as much as the you know the culture can be um, uh, cynical and even brutal to each other, uh, as consciousness bearers, which is again, and you, me, anyone listening to this program. As, as anyone who is who's actually thinking, how can I grow my consciousness in order to grow this planet and grow us all on this planet? We have to really take in and think about what the, the power of that, and and um, and allow ourselves to to be in that despite the cynicism and despite and and to go forward with open hearts and with our vulnerability, despite the fact that that uh, there are some. Who would think that's the most counterintuitive thing in the world to do? Right. Very well said. Yeah. So the next principle is uh, uh, I love this principle. It says it's mana, and mana means um, uh, uh, all power comes from within. So this is a big principle because this is saying it's all up to you. It's saying that it, that in this infinitely powerful universe powerful infinitude of the universe converges at the point that you call yourself. And so that means that you, that is, it is only through you that, uh, that, uh, that power exists. When you think of even something like, like authority, someone has authority over you. They only have authority over you if the power within you grants them authority over you. So, uh, so, all power uh, comes from within, and each of us have all of it. And you've got to kind of sit with that. And what, and what are we really getting at? We're getting at divine power because we're all a spark of the divine. And so that means that that, that, that divine power lies within us. And it's so, it's so important we know this. And at, at, the, at the crux of this principle is self-esteem. And, you know, self-esteem gets bandied about as egotistical or entitled or something like that. Self-esteem is simply the appropriate way in which we are supposed to be holding ourselves as, as individual sparks of the divine. And it is so important that we cultivate that for ourselves, not in a I'm better than you way, not in, like I said, an egotistical way, 
but in a way that that is that is I that I am to self invest in myself. I am to know that if the universe didn't need me, I wouldn't be here. And to own that for yourself. That's what that principle is saying, that all the power comes from within you. And you said something earlier about um, social media and, and uh, you know, it's sort of assimilating to what everyone's thinking. And this is such an important principle because anyone who's on the spiritual path, anyone who is following their soul's journey, which is a singular existence, it only comes out of you, it comes out of your heart, it comes out of your body. And if you're following that, that singular existence, you can't care what anyone thinks. To care what anyone thinks is to pull you out of your truth. And so it's so important that, that we look at this and we look at this, that particularly now with the narratives that are be, being presented to us on television, advertising, CNN, Fox News, whatever it is, these narratives are they're, they're meant to get you to assimilate to them and to subscribe to them but they're actually just a narrative. And your narrative, the one that comes out of you, uh, is uniquely yours. And you can only find that by not caring what anyone thinks and by following your own inner directives first and foremost. And that's what that principle is getting at. It's saying stop thinking about what, caring about what everyone thinks. Stop trying to assimilate. You won't find yourself outside of yourself. The the power of mana, uh, which you just described, so you're a point of presence of, of this mana, and so am I. When the, when the people who fabricate the news, and I use the word correctly because I've worked in broadcast television 35 years, if they right. can get you to buy into their storyline, they're hijacking your power with their narrative. So it goes kind of back to the, the hero archetype who transcends the collective. It transcends the fear. It transcends the, the notion of peril or doom. And the hero persona says, I see a different outcome. And so for each of us to take that mana, that power, that energy that is our essence, and then to seed it with what we genuinely want, a vision of heaven on earth, a vision of uh, community based in love, uh, et cetera, et cetera, um, that's the strongest uh, leverage that we can use our own persona I like that. Beautiful. That's right. And, you know, even even when you look at, you know, there, there, the things that we're seeing on television about, about you know, uh, what's going on in, in the country, what's going on politically, what's going on with, uh, um, uh, with race, what's going on with COVID, th- those, are all, th- those are all there. And we need to be tuned into them enough we, because there are no limits. We're not separate from them. But I can say for, for my, from my own experience and having a large private practice, I work with about uh, probably 70 clients a week. And uh, throughout this entire quarantine, uh, I can say without exception, my clients have been growing, thriving, uh, uh, coming to deeper clarity, uh, confronting demons, changing their jobs in beneficial ways, leaving relationships, entering relationships. And, and, um, and really transforming their lives. 
and and uh, and it's only because they have been presented through our work together a narrative other than the scary one you see on CNN or Fox News, which says this is a beneficial time on the planet, and and this is and we are a microcosm of that difficult time, but that extremely beneficial time on the planet that's happening right now. And so remember that. And so rather than be scared, use this time to go inward, because when the dust settles, you're going to need to be a better version of yourself. And that's the narrative. Claim that seat for yourself. That's the narrative that you want to choose or something like it. And, um, and that helps people uh, stay out of the narrative that, that, that essentially, you know, the, 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 a lot of the zombies are following, you know, <laughs> which, right. which aren't getting anyone where they need to go. Uh, and so right. it, it's so important to, to say that. Very nice. And the last principle, I, I, this one's, uh, I, I find this one sort of funny. The last principle says effectiveness is the measure of truth, which means that if it works, it's true. And if it doesn't work, it's not true. And this is actually a really deep principle because what this principle is saying is that there is no absolute truth. The only absolute truth is that everything is. That's what my, the Hawaiian teacher would say. The only absolute truth is that everything is. Everything else is just someone made up. So it's something that someone made up. So that means that <laughs> it is only your individual truth that, that, that is real. And you know if, if, your, if, if your truth is a truth, if it works for you. And remember that we also want to look at is, is your truth empowering you? Because that's one of the principles. Is, is, is your individual truth leading you to love and happiness? Because that's one of the principles. And that is how we, how we uh, decide whether or not something is effective or not effective. So this principle is saying that, that uh, if it works, it's true. In fact, uh, Serge, my Hawaiian teacher, would say, if it works, it's huna. That's what he would say. Yeah, beautiful. I, um, it goes. It kind of goes back to the beliefs. Uh, the, the first principle of belief. I, I love the notion of a of a church uh, saying, if you don't follow us to God, you're going to burn in hell. And then the church turns around and goes on uh, crusades and burns everybody in hell. <laughs> Right. You know that I don't know if you know that old that old uh, uh, Zen uh, Zen riddle, and it says if you meet the B- Buddha by the side of the road, kill him. And what that's getting at is that if, if you meet a Buddha at the side Buddha at the side of the road, assume that he's not the Buddha, and it's probably better to kill him than to follow him, uh, because uh, anyone who's calling themselves a Buddha is probably not a Buddha. And that's exactly what this principle is saying. It's saying that the only truth is is the truth that comes through you. There's a, a, Hawaiian, uh, a Hawaiian phrase that I love, and it says, show your knowledge of surfing on the back of the waves. So in other words, you can talk a good game, but what, it's whether or not you're effective is whether or not you're actually a good surfer. And it's the same, right, same I like that. Yeah. Well, so, so Jonathan, riddle me this. Um, we talked about seven core principles here, and um, – Everybody sees this uh, current narrative, if you will, the, the collective fear storm. If we were to transform, or, or rather if every human individual on the planet were to um, embody these seven principles, what are some of the uh, 
core differences you would expect us to demonstrate in our society and our culture? The core, the core differences? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, um, how would our our society look different? I mean, as we move into uh, a more I genuine, think, authentic I relationship think. with ourselves, relationship with our power, this point of presence of source consciousness, whatever you want to call it, how's the narrative going to change as more and more of us embody these principles? So you can think about it this way. Uh, I'll be a little... Um, I hope that's too metaphoric, but if you think of, of reality as a blank canvas, just a, a vast blank canvas, and onto that blank canvas, each of us project what's going on in our head, what's going on in our thoughts. And that blank canvas just adjusts itself ever so slightly based on what's going on in our head. And so what has happened over probably the last couple hundred years is that onto that blank canvas, there's been too many projections of fear, hatred, separation, profits over people, dominion over nature, uh, uh, racism, sexism, homophobia. And, and, and that reality, because it adjusts based on what's being projected on it, has become quite literally sick. And so, uh, and so the opportunity now is that we see the sickness that has been created. And, um, and, and, it's, and so the work to do now, and, this, and what I believe is going on on the planet, and the reason why I think it's going on, not only because it's been prophesied, is that, that if you go back 50 years, the kind of esoteric wisdom that we're talking about was not available. There was right. no Barnes & Noble with that huge spirituality section. There was no Tibetan Buddhism that you could go plug into your computer. There was no Kuna that this guy's talking about. There was none of that. And we have to assume that the spiritual intelligences of the universe know what they are doing in bringing it to us now, because the more we feed on that, the more our, 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 what, what's going on in our own heads gets then projected onto that reality, but it's coming from this place of, of wisdom, of, of, of all this esoteric wisdom that, that we've all come to. And so the idea, the idea will be that we will change that reality that has become sick with projections of, of, of different, different thoughts, different values, different ways of living. And I think that that's where we're going. And I think that the people, and, and I also unfortunately think that the earth is, is, um, is sort of insinuating if you're not going to do that, you're not going to survive. Right. And, um, because I think, because, and see, this is the thing, is that if the earth is fueled by love, if the, if the earth has a consciousness, and what would that consciousness be to keep going? Because the, earth been, the sun has been rising and setting for, since the beginning of time. The earth wants to keep going. And in order to keep going, we have to follow the energy of nature, which is one towards growth, creation, fueled by love. And if you're not going to do that, the earth's going to win, and she's going to shake you off like so many fleas. And that's what's going on right now. And so to be in alignment with, to be, that's what I mean, but that's what the shamans are getting at when they say earth wisdom, is that by staying connected to her, she just, she, she asks almost nothing in return. She just, she just gives us everything and just asks that we, we walk on her with humility and grace and love and, uh, and a sense of, of community 
with each other so that we can all keep going. But it, we're now at the point where if you're not going to do that, um, um, it, it, it's going to be a time when, when people are going to be dying out. And I think that that's what's going on on the planet. Right. Well, um, I really, I really enjoy this conversation. I think we could delve into this um, quite a bit more, but we're pretty much running out of time. I want to make certain that the audience knows how to get your book, knows what services you provide and how, how you provide those services in person, over the Internet, whatnot. Give us the whole picture of your platform and your, and your book. Sure. So the book is new. It's only been out a month. It's called The Shaman's Mind, Huna Wisdom to Change Your Life. You can get that anywhere where books are sold, certainly Amazon or Barnes & Noble, um, uh, anywhere on the Internet where books are sold. It's, it's out now. Uh, you can um, get in touch with me for private, uh, for private sessions. Right now, because of COVID, I'm just, doing, um, I'm just doing spiritual counseling with people. I'm not doing any uh, uh, hands-on work, although, although we might do energy work through the computer. Uh, but I'm, I'm not seeing anyone in person right now, but I still, I, I'm definitely seeing people. Uh, and you can reach me at jonathanhammond.com, pretty easy, jonathanhammond.com. Uh, and, uh, and send me an email, and uh, uh, I'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much. It's, it's such a pleasure to be here. And everyone, the, the last thing I'll just say is take care of yourself. How you take care of yourself affects the collective. It's an altruistic act for all beings. So heal, love well. Be well, live well, because we all. Because if you don't, we're all stuck with it. <laughs> thank you. Beautiful, Jonathan. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. It's my pleasure, Les. Mahalo and and many blessings. We've been talking with Jonathan Hammond, and the topic tonight has been the shaman's mind, Huna wisdom to change your life. The conversation really pinpointed the, the, the essence of, of power, and that's you, your individual persona. You are the personification of source consciousness. There's no separation between your consciousness and the consciousness of creation itself. And as we've really laid out tonight, you vote by what you put your attention on. You vote for what you want in the future by what you put your attention on. And certainly the media wants your attention to focus on their narrative, but there's no power behind that. The compassion of your heart, the passion of, of what you want to express, the vision of your soul, these elements are the seeds they're the inspirational seeds that come from within you for your own personal personification of heaven on earth. There's seven billion plus versions of what heaven looks like. But there's a there's a common element to what heaven is. A common element of what heaven is is that inner inspiration manifests outward to be congruent with the passion of your heart, to be congruent with the vision of your soul, to walk in authenticity, authentically expressing yourself. 
Those are the seeds of what heaven on earth will look like. I want to thank you, the listener, for joining us tonight. It's always my pleasure bringing episodes like this to you so we can all embrace a more authentic idea of what's possible for our human demeanor. Always a pleasure. Until next time, I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect, and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.